Welcome back to That's Kind of Wavy. We're your hosts. I'm Jill. I'm Nikki. And I'm Shaysel. So, how is everyone doing the past couple of weeks? I've been pretty good. Um, doing like some fun things. I saw Shaysel two days ago, which was very fun. We went to Rocky Horror and then went to a rave. So it was a late night and then I had a late night last night. So I'm very tired today, but <laughs> at least it's like a result of good things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, things have been pretty good. I saw another friend this weekend as well. So, yeah. Yay. Just some summer, starting the summer off fun. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, you know, it's classic, but with the nicer weather too, it's like, oh, I can have my windows open and this like... I mean, I always have, like, the shades, like, open, but I, like, pull them all the way open with the sun and, like, stuff like that. It's just, like, so nice. Yeah. So, putting me in a good Yay. mood. Yay. Yay. How, How about, about you, Shaysel? Shaysel? <laughs> he jinx. Um, the double. A pretty good. I've been feeling more functional today. I'm feeling so tired, which I know that we talked about before getting to record. But, um, yeah, I'm feeling really tired. Also had, like, a really busy weekend, like, like you said, on Friday we had Rocky Horror and then uh, a rave by Dark Heaven, which is like my DJ friends. They're really cool. It's like a Chicago like event, little production brand thing that happens in Chicago. They're awesome. And then Saturday, last night went to this like 2000s hip hop night um, at a venue subterranean by me. Which we got there pretty late because it's said that it was going until two, so we got there around like midnight, and it was actually ending at one. So it was shorter oh, than we anticipated. Sucks. I know, I know. And it was fun. It could have been a little bit better. Um, it was a little dead, which isn't usually the case when I go to events there. Oh. Yeah, it was still like pretty busy, but it's just like compared to usually it's like packed in there. But yeah, anyways, it was it was fun. It was fun. But today feeling so tired, but like got some groceries done and stuff and like ran some errands, got my vision tested again, and now I'm here. But overall good just trying to keep the energy levels up and it's kind of hard right now <laughs> yeah yeah i feel well, that. me drinking a monster right now mm, at 7 p.m <laughs> <laughs> it's also my second one but it was like i truly like felt like i couldn't function if i didn't have like a shot of caffeine so i yeah. get it i need yeah. that right now no how I about feel you that too how about you jill have you been um i've been pretty good I'm trying to think of what I've been doing. Just like trying dealing to get outside Finn more. Be- dealing oh with my Finn God. being a, a menace. menace. <laughs> I think he He's on was, his Addy shit. He <laughs> knew that Gemini season was coming and he just decided to become a chaotic tornado a, like week in advance. <laughs> um, yeah, Finn broke my... Like, la- my <laughs> Literally, Finn broke my work computer um, or I guess the desktop because... I said computer to my mom and she was like oh you mean the monitor she's like I can get you a new one like I don't no one cares about that like oh okay but anyways yeah which is true monitors are so much less expensive (laughs) yeah companies companies just give that out like it's nothing but like like, fuck you Finn (laughs) no for real I'm like this is the culmination of him being a fucking our episode about um familiars finn is absolutely a poltergeist <laughs> True. Like, he needs to be appeased with offerings of milk but more like just food in general but yeah did, other wait, than that, he, oh yeah can you really quick remind me like did he like did he just like chomp on the display so like the screen broke or something <laughs> He like he chews on the corner because he's a psycho. You know, animals just chewing on plastic and metal wires all together. Like how they love how that. soda used to like lick plastic. Do you remember that? Where he would like <laughs> lick the edge of like a poster or something. He loved just that oh my scraping God, yeah. across his tongue. Disgusting. Ew. Yeah, I don't know. So he he got a little too close to like the actual screen, and like if you put any pressure on that, like. If you, I don't know. It's like same with an iPhone. I feel like if a if a shard like goes in too far, it just like fucks up the whole screen. So well, it like pierces the actual yeah. display. Yeah. Yep. Damn. Love that. Like, <laughs> thank God he didn't like get fucking electrocuted. Or I something. know. I'm like, good thing that you didn't get in your fucking body, like psycho. Yeah. Other than that, um, just 
going out for bike rides and shit like i'm so glad that it's finally above 50 degrees yay yay yeah <laughs> but also That's very good. tired yeah i think that too like one thing i was thinking about like i think part of the reason i'm so tired is like you know like being in the sun and like especially being active in the sun is like yeah. so draining and like my body's not used to that and so like um yesterday I was hanging out with Kira. We like met up where her boyfriend works for like drinks of food. And we didn't realize that there was like a craft fair right there. So oh, we ended God. up walking around it. And it was so great. I didn't feel tired then, but I'm like, that definitely like that yeah. just a lot real- out of you. it was sunny. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of walking. And then like today I like went to the uh forest reserve and like went for a walk and stuff. So I'm like, I, I bet that's like what it's yeah, and it's like I'm trying to like be <laughs> like a nice healthy person going outside in the sun and it's literally <laughs> sucking the energy out of it. I know. Out of me. How did our ancestors do it? They were just like fucking look at we ball. <laughs> literally balls out. I wonder, okay. do you think they got skin cancer a lot? Well That's they died. Those bitches early. just Yeah, they yeah. they died early anyways. They could have a, like a slew of diseases that would have developed, but they just didn't live long enough for it to True. <laughs> I just realized they constantly definitely were just roasting away in the sun. No, for well, real. Well, so, like, our ancestors, though, were, like, like the OG ancestors were black. Yeah. So, that probably True. prevented that True. most of the time. True. Yeah. And then the whiteies evolved in the ice. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Ugh. We, we were born from the opposite of skin cancer. <laughs> What does that even mean? <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of that. I was we like, were wait. born in the darkness. In oh, the true, true. Of course, we were. We didn't need melons. <laughs> Literally, we were born underground. We emerged vampires. Like, oh my god, City of Ember. <laughs> Beatles. Oh my god, uh, I loved that book. I never saw the movie. Me neither, but I loved the book too. I thought it was like so, like, not like deep, but like, wow, this is crazy. Like, how intense is this? Right. <laughs> I should reread it. I actually just, you know, how I, I've told you guys, like, I read those, like, Warrior Cats books when I was younger, and I was yeah. obsessed with them. I, when I was at my parents, I found the box set of the first six. So I just started reading oh my the God. first one. How many are there? <laughs> Hell yeah. So this is, like, the first plot line. Like, this is six. And then there's, like, another one that, like, is, like, in a different timeline like it's the same thing but I, I think it's like 20 years earlier so it follows like a different set of cats in the same oh my God. universe um that one I read but I didn't like like it as much um and I think also by that point I was a bit older so it was like I still read it because like I liked that universe but already like I just sat and read like I don't know, like ten pages of this, yeah, and it's <laughs> is the font just like it's corny. There's like ten sentences on a it's, page because the font is so big. It's not too bad, but okay, yeah, it's pretty. Like it still is. Like I'm gonna, I could easily read this in a day. Yeah. So, but oh my god, wait, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. On the YA topic, did you guys see that Hank Green has cancer? Oh my god, what? Yes what i know isn't that sad no fucking way i don't know what kind. i didn't see I didn't what kind actually like yeah. look i need to look this up right now i saw no, people that actually talking makes about me it really sad oh my I know. god i'm like no wait let me look at this i mean i was like the, the was he was... an author he, he's john he, green's brother. brother yeah he, i just didn't know if he also wrote i know he he's was, like a scientist he's like yeah and he oh yeah he sure let me look at the diagnosis he also um he like leads i mean, I guess it was john green but he was like the primary face of like crash course which i like watch crash course oh all yeah, all yeah the time oh yeah i God, forgot about that. that oh okay so it's diagnosed with hodgkin's lymphoma a very treatable cancer oh okay, that's okay. all right yay <laughs> I like, oh it's a, it's one, <laughs> like, one of oh, the, never mind sadness taken back just kidding. just kidding it's one of the most treatable cancers so okay all right and he does have a book. He has another. It's an absolutely remarkable thing. Um, I haven't read it or anything though. But yeah, damn, well, crazy yeah, news. Yeah. Speaking of cancer, world. skin cancer, cancer, young adult, it's all connected. 
It's all connected. Yep. <laughs> Just keep listing words. Everything is connected. True. Word ladder. Whoa. All right. All right. Well, um, <laughs> continuing our pride topics since <laughs> I guess we're we're almost to June, um, but we're still a little early out here. We got one and a half weeks. Um, we are discussing kind of like the the counterpart to gay saunas. We are talking about lesbian bars and the history and modern day era of lesbian bars. And unfortunately, many of you probably live in a city that does not have a single one, um, which sucks. And I, we were kind of talking about that at the end of our last episode of how it can feel isolating to be a queer femme person, um, not in a big city. And even in a big city, there are not that many spaces for us to exist um, and just like be ourselves. So let's get into it. Well, really <laughs> fast. This is a tidbit. I actually yeah. speaking of that, like feel safe and like be yourself. I actually just watched a TikTok yesterday where this guy who's a gay guy and he went out for his friend's birthday um it was like a group of guys gay men and a couple girls and they went to a gay bar and trigger warning sexual assault one of the girls got raped there at the gay bar oh my god and it's like obviously like men can be like bisexual and want to attend a gay bar but like it's just like there literally is nowhere safe for women you know like that's just like yeah, oh like, God. you know, even, like, straight, even if you're not in a queer person, like, there's no safe space for women in general. No, yeah. seriously. Yeah. So. That's horrible. Yeah, it was really sad. Ugh. Wow. So. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun way to kick this topic off. <laughs> um, but that's why we're always talking about we need more just, like, femme spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Should I start with some of the history? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, okay. Well, also, actually, we'll talk about this more by the end, at least, like, some of the things that I wrote. Like, we're talking about lesbian bars. It's, like, traditionally what they've been called. But, like, basically, like, overall, what we're talking about is just spaces for more, like, queer fans or just, like, generally, like, sapphic people of um, different gender identities and stuff. And, yeah. So, starting with some of the history, obviously, there have always been some level of I don't know, lesbian gatherings going on somewhere. So before the 1920s, at least in the U.S., lesbian socializing tended to be in private events and typically limited to, well, private gatherings, which those gatherings were typically limited to rich women and sex workers. And then in the midst of World War I, which then this happened again with World War II, um, more gay women and just women in general started to move to cities for jobs and stuff. And they just kind of started to realize, like, hey, I can, like, fuck women and it's great you know <laughs> which i'm sure they knew that before that too but well and all the like men like went off to war so exactly like, so like, nobody here to cock block me literally Wait, literally they first get like dildos Ooh, Ooh that's interesting first dildo <laughs> oh my god like medieval people during the ice age <laughs> oh my god with, no way. With, ice- with icicles Ew. Whoa. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I know I'm picturing it. Like, I'm sure someone's tried that out back then. Well, and there's like, I mean, nowadays people do like ice play, you know. True, true though. True, true. Um, okay, well, yeah. well, I really want to know what, what would have, a dildo would have been in the ice age. Though. Like, what even like. It says the first dildos were made of stone, tar, wood, bone. S- Ivory Ew, limestone ring. And for sure in like a cartoon bone. Like how that perfectly shaped just like the, the, a bone with like two <laughs> little balls. Like what a dog end. would know. Yeah. On. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. God. No, the tooth. It's fucking a saber tooth. Tooth. Oh. Okay, no. that's kind of badass though. It is no, kind of badass. That's kind of fucking sick. You go hunt one and then you fuck the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. That's cool. That's literally savage. That literally is. <laughs> Savage. Damn. <laughs> Megan the Stallion could never. True. <laughs> okay, well, 
back to lesbian bars. <laughs> so um, some of the earliest lesbian bars, which is very interesting to me, but also makes complete sense, were actually saloons. So they, <laughs> <laughs> they first, because around it's that- so gay. Right? It's so gay. <laughs> around that time, it started serving f- food to unaccompanied women, like around the 1920s with like, wait, 1920s is when World War One was, right? Yeah. No, the 1930s. The 30s. 30s wasn't that after no no the world war one was in like the t- the 19 oh, the, the 20s in like the 1910s. 10s yeah yeah and, and the then that's why we depression. had the roaring 20s right right and then the depression and then world war ii okay so yeah. yeah well i didn't realize i mean i wasn't surprised to hear this but just the fact that like that that implies that there was a time where unaccompanied women were not allowed to be served food which is like i'm not surprised <laughs> to hear that but it's just like, like oh, starve fucking yeah. bitch. starve bitch where's your husband whore um, eat some cum whore literally <laughs> well, it's like the same as like when you like see a dog on the street and you like don't feed it because you're like where's the owner like, the owner is trash yeah take this bone the don't women just it. like tied up like tied up to a post like waiting for the man to come back out of the <laughs> literally thing. god uh, okay, so that's yeah so that's some of, that's some of what was happening before the 1920s but then later on um i mean more private gatherings were happening here and there and stuff and I actually didn't really document what the first one was the first official one is i believe it was in san francisco but one of the ones they talked about in the articles that i read was um a lesbian bar and i guess in harlem or no harlem was a big place for gay nightlife this was a place that was primarily black with less policing. So a lot of white women could go because there was less policing, but a lot of black women wouldn't go there because people in their neighborhood would still know of them going and they didn't want to be caught being gay. So that's, that created a barrier to entry among just the discrimination that would exist in many other places that I'll talk about shortly. So instead black women would typically have apartment parties and actually they even mentioned how some queer pop some po- popular blues women back in the day that were also queer like bessie smith and ma rainey who i do not know those people but i thought that was cool would also attend those parties which i thought was very gay and very cute and because like, <laughs> i had a little blues phase a couple months ago well not a couple months ago but in the fall i got very into blues <laughs> so oh God, <laughs> um Anyways, then more women started to actually consider themselves like the term lesbian at, during World War II, which also makes sense to me. And in 1955, Rosie was, the Riveter made them all gay. Yes, <laughs> yes. Real. In 1955, there was a uh, this organization in San Francisco called Daughters of I don't know how to pronounce this thing. Bolitis, Bolitis. I don't know, but it was an organization as an alternative to lesbian bars because, as expected, most lesbian bars were subject to raids and policing. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a safe a safe space for women to go. And throughout history, even with lesbian bars, there have been many issues because, as expected, this was might have been a place for there to be some sort of like sexual liberation for people who identified as lesbian or queer, but it was still very transphobic, biophobic, and very racist. A lot of these bars would have different ways, as unfortunately expected, for black women not to be able to attend. So, like, one of the ways they would only card black women, basically, or women of color. So... I guess like obviously then like less people were allowed to get in and white women could just get in like without being carded or anything sometimes as well as a lot of them had race-based quotas so it only allowed three to four black or women of color in at a time which is obviously very fucked up so they would have a lot of their own parties um also there was like a big divide among the classes so like working class women would typically go to lesbian bars they would face violence if outed there as opposed to in terms of like the fears they would have primarily just the violence that would come for them middle class women it was more of the fear of possibly losing their jobs if they were outed at those bars and stuff so they typically also created private parties but they were classist and would only allow middle class and rich people to attend and i'm sure also only white so that was also really fucked up because these spaces were not actually inclusive or safe um, at all. And they were just like, at least they created some sort of like sexual liberation for some people, but they were not inclusive whatsoever. And that is something that we are still facing today. Even I guess like, I mean, obviously we're still facing that today in a lot of ways, but even with lesbian bars, which this is more of like anecdotal stuff, but there are two lesbian bars in Chicago, which I guess we'll talk a little bit more about later on when we mentioned lesbian bars in the u.s that exist because there's only 27 and i don't know about all lesbian bars across the u.s obviously and especially not in other parts of the world because i haven't been to ones in other parts of the world but at least the ones that i have personally been to it still feels very 
I don't know, just not that inclusive of a space. It seems like lesbian bars that I've been to are still predominantly very like white and stuff. Um, and I'm sure that although I have not personally experienced this one there because I haven't been like outed as a bi person or anything there and it doesn't seem like I am when I'm at those places it, there's still a lot of biphobia as we know that could be experienced anywhere in particular in those in those spaces too so with a, how limited lesbian spaces are even the ones that exist don't tend to be as inclusive as they should be which is where other things come into play like different events happening and stuff like that which yeah. we can get into more later yeah yeah it's frustrating <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, yeah, I mean, there's not even a single, like, specifically lesbian bar um, in Buffalo or even just, like, a woman femme-centered place. Thankfully, there are, like, pop-up, like, events and, like, groups that cater to that specifically and, like, shout out to Dyke Night Buffalo because, I'm, like, love them. We need more shit like that and I'm glad that, like, they alone are curating a space or you know events where that's what is it what it is where where it's fun and safe and like meant to be authentically for women and by women and just femme femme queer people of all shapes and sizes yeah. <laughs> that, yeah that's like an event group right that's not um a bar right yeah it's like an event group um it's like a few people like a, co- a little bit of like a collective i think a bunch of them are like djs or do music and then they curate events yeah which yeah. is super cool yeah. yeah yeah well that makes you think of like how you're saying movements um one thing i looked into the lesbian bar project um should i go into that now that yeah. we're like at the present day yeah um so because shay sal are you done with the yeah history yeah um so one thing there used to be more lesbian bars and over time they've closed partially because people started like hosting their own events like Shaysal was saying and like um one thing like i read is like um part of it has to do with like the wage gap like and the expectations of like women be at home taking care of kids or like something like that like so culturally women or and like femme people don't wouldn't go out as often and so like so lesbian bars traditionally didn't have as much attendance as like gay bars because women weren't going out as often for like a wide variety of reasons but again primarily like wage gap they didn't have as much uh what's the term for like extra money to disposable income. Yeah. yeah disposable income um things like that so that's why now there's only 27 so like there was i don't know what the max amount was but I saw like, in over- the 80s like 200 okay i that's what Damn. i thought i read that somewhere but i didn't want to just say that <laughs> um so yeah so now that there's so little there's a movement called lesbian bar project is created by erica rose and alina street to quote celebrate support and preserve the remaining lesbian bars in the u.s um so it's like a fundraiser kind of thing where they try to raise money to like help support these lesbian bars like just in case they need help staying open and they like raise awareness of where these lesbian bars are because that's another thing too is like i don't know you really gotta like work to find them because if you google like lesbian bar like i did it to see like what it would say around me like an hour outside of the city and it like listed some random places around me and i like looked at them and one was just like a liquor store with a few slots mis- slot machines. <laughs> oh, nice. I was like, that's not a lesbian bar, but okay. So it's like, they also are trying to like raise awareness of like, okay, these bars are like lesbian sanctioned. Approved. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that started in, I, I don't know if I said this, but that's, it started in 2020. Um, so they had a fundraising campaign in 2020, um, especially because of COVID. Like, people couldn't go out so a lot of businesses were closing so it was like to help them during covid and then um in 
2021 they did like a short documentary and then in 2022 they did a three-part docuseries um so i think that's just i think that's cool that it's important to because it is like how we're saying like it's they're so few and far between like it is important to like try to help them stay open so it's like good that there's like a group that's actively trying to preserve them because clearly they continue to close so yeah 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 and plus like with our walkable cities discussion like lesbian bars serve as a third place in a lot of communities and at least like in the past they did so even like aside from serving drinks and food sometimes like that was like where the community met and like had an actual safe space space to like plan things and like get to know people and I saw a lot of people talking about how these bars were like places where you know the community would come together and where like if people had issues if you were like a young queer person and you needed housing or you know just some help in some way like people would have a whole network going like within these bars and these communities so like without having those there's like no third place specifically for queer femme people and that fucking sucks like that is detrimental to any community to not have like a a safe meeting space for the community um it's making me think of like literally like like a library almost but like a yeah like nightlife yeah. resources instead yeah, yeah and like people would you know tell their own histories and like give advice and shit yeah and like without that where do we hear about the elder queer community because it's pretty hard to find at least right. where yeah. i live i hadn't thought about this too but when i was reading some things about just kind of the differences between like in the past and present day lesbian bars and just how they're disappearing slowly maybe i think hopefully there'll be more soon but at least like over time they've obviously been disappearing as so many have closed for many reasons and before that was also a way for you to even that was a way for you to actually come out and stuff i mean obviously we know because of the safety there and stuff that's people even knew oh this is how i could find someone and stuff like that because i know this person's also gay or bi or whatever and now it's like there's dating apps for, for that and stuff like that which does make it easier for people to like just know that you identify a certain way and stuff like that but it's just interesting that that has also changed with technology and whatever i feel like i'm sounding so dumb right now no no no, <laughs> no i'm trying no, so the hard same way about myself i'm literally like everything saying I'm the saying, same word 25 literally same. no that is a good point though because it's like that sense of community was like found by like going to those bars but it's yeah. like now a lot of people it's different but you can find community online and there's a certain aspect of like decreased risk by staying online if you are not in a position where you can be out you know like you could like be anonymous if you wanted to yeah and so i think like that also it makes sense that that would be another thing like leading into these places closing is like the need for attendance for the sense of community has decreased due to the internet and like, right. yeah. like being able to connect through technology. Yeah. So no, that was not stupid. That was a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like just the way I'm expressing everything. So disclaimer to, <laughs> I don't even know disclaimer. Why am I, why am I even saying that? Just disclaimer to our listeners. My brain's off today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm trying same. my best guys. I promise I'm informed on this shit. It no, we're sound all like it like, right now. <laughs> we're all like in low battery mode. Literally. Yeah. Yep. Like, and like and like also like on like low battery mode and it's at four <laughs> percent. <So. laughs> yep. When your phone yep. starts like glitching when it Literally hits like so two low. or one percent because it's like <laughs> struggling so hard to just stay on, let yeah, alone like open a web page. <laughs> Someone needs to plug us in. <laughs> it's for real. True. Um, um Wait, I wanted to mention that a, a reason that I saw why um, a lot of lesbian bars are closing or like even in the past or why it was hard for them to open and like stay open. But a lot of these bar owners um, were re- like denied bank loans. And oh. if they if they, you know, didn't have a man <laughs> to sign back in like the 70s before, you know, women had like rights to anything um it was like really hard to get a loan without a a man to sign with you um 
and especially if you were queer that was like literally impossible unless oh, you, know, no, yeah. you had your gay man that you were married to and who would support you like that but yeah and then it's also super hard to get a liquor license without a man to sign with you um well i didn't and, realize yeah women couldn't have their own bank account until like 1974 yeah yeah you couldn't have a credit card before then either like well weren't credit cards like invented in the 70s you probably um, couldn't have just like a card well because i don't know when they were i guess you couldn't have like like the credits like if you know what you're saying i think you're right then or if you don't but, have a bank account you can't get a credit card yeah but i think the credit system was created in the 70s well that doesn't I think mean you're that right. women well, if, still maybe weren't they, allowed. Well, they couldn't have, they couldn't have checks. They couldn't have checks then because they couldn't have a bank account. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, and I'm not trying to be like, you're wrong. I just like am like thinking no, about I- the limitations of being a woman, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense because, yeah, if they couldn't have their own bank account, then, yeah, yeah they would need to have Amanda co-sign and... I didn't even think about that aspect of like owning a business. You, how do you own a business without your own bank account? Basically, right, right. God, I don't know. this country just hates women <laughs> for real for like inter- eternity. <laughs> yeah, um, which I don't get why. Like, don't you guys like like having sex with them? Literally, is that yeah. like come on? Are you, they're like kind of obsessed with us. <laughs> yeah, Literally. when you think about it, like you like came out of a pussy you know, like, yeah. it's like a jealousy thing you know when like people are like no straight like, up jealous and then they're like mean about it it's like they definitely are just like jealous of us all yeah. the intimidation we're, what we're capable of yeah for real true. they know that we're gonna fucking set the world on fire they know that we're fucking smarter than them so yeah true true that's they're why like, they're like don't no let them rights. go to school yeah no right for you <laughs> Yeah, don't let like, them get run the, away with this country. <laughs> yeah, they'll open a well, lesbian bar with, with the same that they don't want like any minority groups to have power because then they're going to shit. <laughs> so yeah. like they just keep repressed. Right. Yeah, so, like then they're gonna if they have lesbian deny bars, service to people. Yeah, to like, white if people. They have lesbian bars. They'll all kiss each other and not me. So uh, oh, no, no. Yeah. you're not allowed to do that. Virgins, <laughs> right? Call the cops. Rate them. Yeah. Guys, it's not fair. Why can't I go in? Oh. <laughs> Wait, that makes me, that, that reminds me, there was something I read too. I don't think I wrote this down, so I, just, I don't remember the name of the festival or anything, but in these articles that I was reading, talking about in particular with like how black women didn't really have the same rights to these spaces either, they create, I think maybe a couple of years ago, at some point in the 20, either at least after 2010s, there was some sort of like black pride festival i think in seattle or washington just washington in general and some other like white oh my god i almost did <laughs> white pride but that's not what i meant <laughs> <laughs> i meant like just like a pride festival that's like made by white people someone okay someone <laughs> white nationalism yeah someone had a pride festival that was like run by a white person like the that that festival criticized that festival saying that it was exclusionary exclusionary oh. and it's like um oh maybe if you like let us have a space here then we wouldn't have to have our own fucking separate festival right God, this is so classic one thing i've read that there was a lesbian bar called the clit club and that, <laughs> was, like, <laughs> that it was like that is a banger um, of a name great it was like crazy in there like people were like fucking on the dance floor Hell yeah. I love that. I'm like, I want to go. I know. I want to go to the <laughs> Reopen Click Club. the Club. Oh my God. Let's start our own movement. Reopen the Click Club. <laughs> we don't even need a bar. For real. For we'll real. just have someone's house. Yeah, the, yeah. Someone's house, <laughs> the, the Click, Click Club. Club. <laughs> I call my house the Click Club. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to wrap up, say like, okay, yeah. So that's all our like actual research stuff. We were just going to kind of talk about our experience being like femme presenting queer people uh that like to go out because one thing Shaysel you can elaborate more on this I have a lot to say about because this. it's because it's your experience but like I've seen it sec- partially secondhand partially firsthand like a lot of like I've seen like the lack of demand for queer like a lesbian bar because like a lot of like queer femmes like seem to like not 
want like like going out but it's like interesting to like think like is it is that because there's no safe space so then they like have like lost interest in going out or is there no going out space because those people like just don't want to go out but Shaysel that's something like you've expressed like when you've dated other like femme queer people that they're just like oh no I don't really go out yeah okay I have a lot to say about that and actually as I was researching this stuff I remembered like I kind of like need to like talk about this more in general with my with my elixir stuff because I realized I haven't really put that in my general statement for why I created this even though that is like kind of at the forefront but I just vividly remember like in 2021 when I started going on a lot of dates with like women or femme people I remember it was like strange because all of our dating apps I would see maybe it was like I don't know why the algorithm thought that these were the people that like I would like I don't know but I everyone that I would see on there seemed like someone that just like didn't like like partying and stuff like that and were more like chill and then I'd, not everyone I met but a lot of them I'd meet were just like would explain that they didn't really like like not that I I mean I also don't like clubbing in the sense of going like you know standard nightclubs but I do love like partying and going to different events and stuff like that and a lot of them expressed they didn't really like that and then the very few times before I knew of more events that I know of now in Chicago thankfully I went to like one lesbian event one time thinking it'd be actually a fun place to party Robert and I got there and there was literally it was the DJ and there was literally one person on the dance floor and two people (laughs) sitting and I was like what the fuck and I remember I would express my frustrations to people and I'd ask them because I was curious about their take when I'd go on dates with fun people and I'd wonder I'm like why do you think it is that there aren't really spaces for us to go out and party and stuff and some of them have just they've expressed different things some of them have themselves not liked it so they didn't really have much to add others have expressed that they think that it's because like which I did see some of this talked about in articles that with gay men, for example, like they, because of wage gaps and stuff like that, which I did see this too when talking about lesbian bars, I think Nikki kind of alluded to the wage gap as well. Um, they had more of the expendable or disposable income to spend on things like that. Also within like gay male culture, the there just is more of that push for like constant partying and drugs and whatever and stuff like that, that there isn't as much of possibly, even though it exists, but it's just like not seen as much, even like the marketing that's done in a lot of these places, even just like ads that you see with like drinking and stuff like that. When, when they, when pride month comes along and they just like, you know, as we start to see like vodka brands and everything, just (laughs) with pride propaganda, it's still, I don't know. It just still feels very like you're more stereotypical, masculine type of yeah exactly it's it's still always oriented towards that and I certainly think that's a part of it I really still don't understand like psychologically why that is I read an article too when talking about lesbian bars that it could also be because like women even gay women tend to be like the primary caregivers in a situation so if, if they have kids and stuff and like not all gay male I mean not all gay women have kids either but I don't know just like gay male culture can be very different so that that could be the reason but I still don't really understand because among younger younger generations that don't have kids and stuff like that I don't really get why there aren't spaces like that because the even though I won't name names the lesbian bars that I've been to I'm happy that the ones that I've been to exist in the first place and they still feel like nice places to be but they're not really like dancey and I, I do think that it's good to have a space where people are just meet and talk and stuff like that for sure but where the fuck are they like the gay femmes that like to party I, I just don't I don't get it and I know of them now because now I know of underground events stuff like that going and I host my own events for this reason but it's always been so frustrating because like yeah my gender identity and my sexuality do not at all change the way that I like to like expend my energy and stuff like that and the way that I really experience joy in that way and I don't know. Now I do, like I said, I know of events where it's happening. I know it happens all over the place, but I don't know why there aren't permanent establishments where that could happen. I think that that's what's very frustrating. Like I really like that there are so many pop-up events happening and uh, happening now and it creates anticipation. It makes it more special. It makes it more created like from the community. And it's cool that like a lot of people within the same community come to these, they're in the know and stuff like that. But I think that what makes permanent lesbian or just like sapphic establishments so special is that you can, if they're open, like whenever or open frequently, you can go whenever to those spaces. Um, you can have a, a third space that's like safe for you to spend time at. That's not just like your home or wherever else as opposed to pop-up events that happen like here and there. So yeah, those are my two yeah. cents, but it's something that I've been very passionate. I still am obviously I mean, with everything I'm doing with DJing and creating my own spaces, something I'm very passionate about. And at the end of our episode, I want to 
Hi, Chris. <laughs> at the end, sorry, I shouldn't have said that because that's in the recording. <laughs> um, at the end of the, at the end of the episode, I want to highlight the, like the queer and sapphic spaces that I know of, event like collectives that I know of in Chicago to give them a little spotlight, including my own. But yeah, it's just it. I don't well, really understand. Sorry. No, that was it. It's the, it's the fact that like also like you like literally had to like do research and network and work really hard to find these events too Nikki, you know exactly. it's like it's not even like it'd be one thing if like oh we're out in boys town and you see a flyer for a queer femme lesbian event it's like you have to follow very specific instagrams to get specific instagram ads to like you know like yeah. it's like so it's great that these exist and like a lot of like events stay underground for a reason so that they can be a bit more like free right and like not monetarily but like i don't know spiritually no, socially know like yeah. more like free in that way but it's also like then it's for people who don't like know even like where to look or like how to start looking then they don't have that opportunity no i'm glad you said that because that was something that i wanted to mention as well and i I forgot to mention that it's like if you're not in the know which took me a while to figure that out and now i know of like plenty thankfully but if you're not in the know then like you just don't have space to go to besides like the very few that we that i that i actual like permanent lesbian establishments that i know of in chicago which i mean most cities don't even have back that there's 27 open right now in the entire united states so if there aren't as if there isn't a permanent establishment and you don't like even if you have social media, it's like difficult to find these things. It took me at least like a year and a half of living in the actual city to even like learn of these. And it was like primarily through social media. And I don't know. It's, it's just like, I, I've thought about that too. Even if, if I decided to take a work from social media, which I really can't with like what I'm trying to do. But if I decided to do that, I wouldn't know what was going on, <laughs> which is also frustrating. Right? So there's, that's also another barrier to entry for a lot of people. You have to be in the know. And that's like, yeah. I don't know. It, while in some ways it feels cool to be in the know, like it's not, that's that kind of defeats the purpose. Like it's still exclusionary in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not accessible for everyone. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking like, as we were talking about um, why a lot of queer femme people might not like to go out. Um, it could be because of trauma. Yeah. Um, a lot of queer femme people have had experiences like Nikki mentioned before we even like got into the the topic today, where they've had experiences where where people um have like either assaulted them or just like touched them in a way that they did not want. And that can be like really scarring. Um and not even, like, in a bar, but if people, like, follow you home or people yeah. catcall you, all that stuff can be, like, really detrimental and just, like, make you not want to go out, um, especially at nighttime and, like, put yourself in a position where that could happen again or could happen for the first time. Um, because as a femme-presenting person, even if something hasn't happened directly to you, you probably know people that it's happened to. And yeah. it's just a fear for a lot of femme people to, like... I don't know, even the prospect of it happening could be scary and make you not want to go out places. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Jill. I think that's a big factor that I hadn't... I, I have thought of it with just, like, femme people going out in general, but I didn't think about how that in itself is definitely a big barrier that probably prevents a lot of people from going out. Whether, like you said, it's, like, whether it's happened to them or someone they know, which is almost, unfortunately, like, guaranteed, but it's the constant fear of it and, like, just knowing that, especially because, like, I don't know, just with nightlife, like, a lot more things can happen sometimes, so yeah, I can see how that would just immediately, like, make someone just not even really want to, like, seek it out in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's, like, I was just gonna say, I feel like that's even more reason why I want more places like this where you yeah. can feel, like, truly safe and not have those fears. I agree. Yeah. Well, and that is also, like, a good point about, like, already, like, nightlife can feel predatory in a certain way for like femme people and like even just like cis het women yeah um so then on top of that like so not only then are you a femme presenting person but you're also a queer person which is like then you also feel like unsafe just existing in like crowded public spaces so yeah it would make sense like they're just like for like i don't want to like assume but for like um 
masculine presenting people that like are queer then it's like they're like okay well at least I'm like safe from that aspect so it's yeah. just the queerness I have to push past whereas for like femme presenting people it's like you have to push past the like possibility of like being attacked and killed and and or raped um and then also the queer aspect of it yeah yeah it can be scary especially oh. if you live in a city that you know like isn't exactly welcoming to the queer community or yeah. if you like even if, if you don't know anybody that's also in the queer community community it can be really scary yeah definitely I agree. So. And also, like I've mentioned with a lot of this history, it's so important for these safe for the first of all, there already very few safe spaces for femme people and sapphic people to present to like even feel safe presenting their sexuality, their gender identity, etc. But also like a true safe space also includes differences in race, gen well, gender as I mentioned, ability, stuff like that, and a lot of these places that do exist. I mean, I don't know about in other cities, but they're still they're not places I've been to, thankfully, which I have not I would not attend them otherwise but like they're still inclusive but then you get there and it's like why is this community still predominantly white able-bodied yeah. etc you know yeah. yeah yeah no that's a really good yeah. point yeah and Marie. we can't i didn't mention this before and i should have mentioned this like throughout history with the lesbian bars that were existing in the 80s 90s etc i'm assuming that none of the ones existing now would do this but there was a lot of trans exclusion a lot of like a lot of mm -hmm. trans femme people would not be able to go in because of turfs which is really fucked up yeah, yeah. which to those who don't yeah. know it, which i'm assuming everyone that listens to this podcast would know but just in case turf stands for trans exclu trans exclusion trans exclusionary radical feminists so basically not feminists at all yeah no it's just like I don't know I don't even like know what else to say about it it's just like sad and it's frustrating and yeah. that's why like I was happy to read that there's like that movement trying to preserve them and yeah 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 like, I feel like we should girls just want to have fun literally we should be able though, to party. everyone I feel like a big reason probably why it's like mainly still white able-bodied people is probably because because of the wage gap stuff um agreed especially like the able-bodied part um agreed and i like a lot of these places are in basements so if you're not if you don't have an elevator then you're not accessible you're so right you're so right yeah which it would make me happy to say i will say which i want to shut them up regardless but um dorothy uh downstairs which is a lesbian bar the one that i've been to that i told you guys about that i do like a lot in chicago they have they're in the basement but they have an elevator and they've talked about it in their posts Love. so that people know that they can come yeah anyone with any sort yeah, of that's awesome. level of ability like that's, yeah that's another thing and like people like these places need to like advertise specifically that I they know. cater towards those people so that those people will come exactly otherwise like it's questionable and if you are a, dis a disabled person like you're not going to assume yeah unfortunately, unfortunately that, yeah. that it is accessible because yeah. if it if it's not advertised like how are you gonna know yeah exactly yeah and like nobody wants to like haul their ass out to some yeah. public space <laughs> and then be like oh i can't get it like it's like annoying enough yeah. to like go somewhere and see it's closed can you imagine it being open but you can't get in like that's so right. why would you set yourself up for rejection in that way right 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 <laughs> if you guys don't have anything else to add i want to like it's just it'll be quick I don't have much to say about them, but I just want yeah. to highlight some of the, okay. Um, well, yeah, unfortunately, as we've discussed, like there aren't anywhere near enough like permanent establishments in the U S or I don't know how many there are in the world, but I'm assuming nowhere near as many like other type of gay establishments that do exist, which are already not that common. Um, but aside from that, at least in Chicago and Dyke Knight Buffalo, I know of, and Jill knows of given that she is from Buffalo. Um, I want to highlight some of the Chicago collectives that I know of that prioritize like queer sapphic that create queer sapphic spaces and are all inclusive of black people, women of color, et cetera. Um, people of all identities at these spaces, all abilities, everything. Um, and that includes Eden, small world collective, slow-mo party noir, which I have not been to any slow-mo or party noir parties. I wanted to go to one of them this week, but I had another event going on. It was the same night as the dark heaven party on Friday. Mm. But, um, and Elixir, my own like a little event brand that's oriented towards queer femme people. So yeah, if you're in Chicago, hit me up if you want more information on these places. They're all, they've all put a lot of time and effort and love and everything into these, into these places. And I want to go to as many of their events as possible to 
help support and to help experience the same joy that they've worked so hard to create. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that is also too, like it's important um, to, even if you like aren't into like the party scene, like even just like follow these people on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Support the like queer community or like share their, when they're having an event, let people know who do like to go to those events that they're happening because that's like that's what keeps them running you know right attendance. so it's good that you're like thank you for sharing those names Chasel, because then yeah, yeah who knows could be um one of our listeners goes or shares with somebody who hell yeah would want to go hell yeah and i definitely want to tag them all in our promo post for this episode so definitely yeah. all right well did you guys have anything else to add like we said, it's a shorter episode because we're all brain dead, and <laughs> and it's reflective of the fact that there's no fucking lesbian bar. So what do you even say? Yeah, yeah. literally, <laughs> <laughs> for real. Um, but I don't know. I think I've like really said everything. Yeah, I was I was thinking while I was writing like notes for this episode that I want to open one, but like right here's re- reason number one why there aren't more bitch i don't have money yeah bitch i don't have money <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah like, like what money uh, am i gonna use for that <laughs> opening a store or like a storefront how much does that even cost yeah. too much yeah okay well that is our episode on lesbian queer femme bars um we are going to be continuing our pride series like through the end of June. Um, so get ready for more pride shit from your fave queer people. Woo. The wavy, Yay. the wavy people, the wavy people, <laughs> <laughs> the wavy people. <laughs> Why does that sound like kind of threatening? No, literally <laughs> the wavy people are coming. They're coming. Fear us. Yeah, we are coming. <laughs> we're we're coming to the click club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be our bar if we open one. True. Um, so you can find us every other Tuesday on uh, your favorite streaming platform and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at that's kinda wavy. Bye. Bye.